If you'd like to read along with us, our scripture is going to come from the book of Isaiah chapter 40. You can mark uh, that chapter and you can go back to the book of John in the New Testament in chapter 1. Again, uh, you can turn to the book of Isaiah chapter 40. You can mark that spot and then you can uh, turn over into the New Testament uh, into the very first chapter of the gospel according to John. Isaiah chapter 40 and in John chapter 1. This morning I want you to think about a herald for Christ. You probably remember the song very plainly at Christmas time. We sing, hark the herald angels sing. At Christmas time we often will sing that song because a herald is a person that is announcing a very important event. It's not just an event that could happen. It is going to happen. It was not a matter if Jesus was going to be born. It was just a matter of when. The, the prophets had told many years before that Jesus was going to come. Now, I know it's hard for us to talk, and I know it's hard for us sometimes to know what words to say, but I want to tell you something. I pray this morning that we would not be silent in the time in which we live, that we would be a herald for Christ. What are you going to tell people? You know, a lot of people want to say, well, I, I, I'm not a theologian. I can't really tell you about the eschatology and can't tell you all about the end of times. But we can tell one thing that's going to be certain. Jesus is coming back. If you don't believe Jesus is coming back, then uh, you need to really search your heart in the scripture because the scripture teaches us very plainly. He said, if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again. I believe Jesus is coming back. I don't know how long it's going to be, and truthfully, I don't know how much longer it can be, but I believe that Jesus is coming back. We're going to read about a man by the name of John the Baptist in the book of John chapter 1. He was arrested. He was put in jail. One of God's greatest men was trying to be a herald to cry out against the sins of the people, and yet they didn't receive it. Do you know what happened in the society by which John was proclaiming? He comes out of the wilderness eating locusts and wild honey. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But in the midst of that, he come out to cry against the sins of the people. And in that, the people wanted to think, what can we do to make our society a better place? There's not a local government that I believe exists that does not want their communities and their society to be a better place. Now, I believe there's a, lot of, there's a lot of angles and tactics and things that you can do to make your community a better place. But none of those are more important than people getting sin out of their lives. Now, I want to say that one more time. Of all the things you can do to make your communities, your homes, and your jobs a better place, the best place to go is to get sin out of your life. The problem with the people was that John the Baptist preached again. They said, wait a minute. We want this to be a better place, but don't you, don't you come in here talking about our sins. People get offended when their sins are called out. That hasn't changed any, has it? People do not want their sins called out. John chapter 1, let me just read to you if I can the 6th verse. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. Do you believe that there are people sent by God? Do you believe that? Let me ask you something. Do you believe that God sends you and that there's things that you need to say and to do? 
So Luke, and I'm not going to read it in the fourth chapter, even Jesus himself was considered a herald because it said he would preach unto them and he would tell them and he talked. In other words, he would say the things that needed to be said. He didn't sit silent. The church has sit silent long enough. The Christian people have gotten to where we are so mute and quiet about things that we're afraid that if we cry out, that, that maybe there's persecution going to happen. And I'm going to go ahead and be honest with you this morning. Very well may that happen. But John the Baptist knew that the people were living in such a condition that they were in. He said, they need to realize Jesus is about to come and he needs to prepare the way. That's what John the Baptist was. He was a herald for Jesus Christ preparing the way for his coming. You and I today, you know what you and I get the privilege of doing today? You and I get to be a herald for the coming of Jesus Christ. Except the next time he's not coming in a manger, the next time he's coming in the clouds. But are we crying out? Are we telling people that if they do not repent, that they will perish? Let's go back to the book of Isaiah for just a minute. Of all the humans and all the angels, even Christ himself, that were heralds, they told, remember when we say the word herald, it's about someone that is, uh, that is proclaiming a very important event that's about to happen. It's promised it's going to happen. And it's going to happen very soon. So there's good news in Isaiah, and there's bad news. The bad news comes in the 39th chapter before we get into our reading there, in the 40th chapter. So the bad news is this. Behold, the days come. Let's, let's read. Now let's go back to the 5th verse of, of the previous chapter, Isaiah 39. Isaiah 39, and read the 5th verse. Then said Isaiah uh, to Hezekiah, Hear the word of the Lord of hosts. In other words, what you're hearing is not the message of us. This is what God says. Do you know what message we proclaim here every Sunday? When you go out and you witness to people in the world, you're not proclaiming your word. You're proclaiming God's word. Sixth verse. Behold the days come that all that is in thine house and that which thy fathers have laid up in store until this day shall be carried to Babylon Nothing shall be left, saith the Lord. And of thy sons, thou shalt issue from thee, thou shalt beget, shall they, not, uh, shall they take away. They shall be eunuchs in the palace and the king of Babylon. Then Hezekiah, then said Hezekiah to Isaiah, Good is the word of the Lord which thou hast spoken. Folks, if we're sitting here silent, that means nothing's been spoken. For there shall be peace and truth in my days. The bad news is, is that there's a condition that the people have gotten. And the good news is, the word of God's been declared and good things are going to happen. So let's read, if we can, Isaiah chapter 40. And I want you to think about this. A stage is being set for a coming king. Let me ask you something. If you've got somebody coming over to your house... And I don't want to get personal with you, but I want to ask you something. If you know that there's a big event coming at your house, are you going to try to tidy up your house more than any other time? Now, granted, if, if our, our, our cousin's coming from next door, we probably just say, come on in the way it is. But if it's a big event, a wedding or a big family reunion, we really want to clean up our houses. We want to get the baseboards clean, the fans clean. We just want to clean up a little bit more because there's a big event going to happen. Folks, there's nothing any bigger than a king coming. And Isaiah is going to talk about we need to prepare a way, not just for somebody, but we need to prepare the way for a king. 
There was a man sent from God whose name was John. Do you know what you and I get to do here this morning? We get to be heralds for Christ and making a way for a coming king. How is that going to happen? I think you all know that your houses don't just clean themselves, do they? You either get somebody to help you out with or you got to do it yourself. Folks, crying out against sin is going to take something on our part. That means there's something we have to do. And now I want you to notice in the book of Isaiah, chapter 40. <clears throat> Let's re- begin reading in verse 1. Comfort ye, comfort ye my people, saith the Lord. Speak ye comfortable to Jerusalem. Notice what he said. I want you to talk about and I want you to speak. He said comfortably or on the heart of, of the things. He said unto Jerusalem. It's a teaching of peace. He says and cry unto her that her warfare is accomplished. That her iniquity is pardoned. For she hath received with the Lord's hand double for all her sins. In other words, the people are in sin, but they don't need to get this idea that, well, if I've sinned, I might as well just go ahead and just really sin and just live it up. He said, they need to hear a message that they can be forgiven of the sin they've committed. And that's what a herald is. The voice of him that crieth in the wilderness. We're going to go back to John chapter 1 in just a minute. Because John the Baptist was one that came out of the wilderness, a place where he was, again, his diet was locust and wild honey. He come out of the wilderness into a community that was thriving, that wanted to get even better. You know what I've learned is that people get in sin, they want more sin. That's what happens. It just sin can never be satisfying. Sin can never soothe the soul. It just it, it just keeps agitating it even more. It may satisfy, but it's not anything permanent. And there was one that came out of the wilderness. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. He said, you got some work to do. Make straight in the desert a highway for your God. So what is it you've got to do? Here we are on the very verge of our own revival here at Shallow Church. You and I are getting ready to embark on a journey. And let me ask you something. Is is a great and grand and glorious time just going to happen because... We said in conference uh, uh, that we're going to say we're going to have revival on this Sunday and it's going to go all week at 10.30 in the morning, 7.30 at night. Or do you think that there's work that needs to happen? He said you need to prepare the way. He said and what you've got to do is there's work to be done and that work is not going to happen silently. Notice what he said. He said every valley shall be exalted and every hill Uh, And it says, and every mountain and hill shall be made low. The crooked shall be made straight, and the rough places plain. In other words, there's a lot of tough times. There's mountains, there's valleys, there's curves. He said, but when the king comes back, we need to straighten things out. I do not want to imply to anybody that we do the straightening. What I am saying is that there's work that we need to do for a coming king. There's work that needs to happen for Jesus that's going to return. And Isaiah said, he said, there's one. He said, you've got to take the mountains. He said, you've got to lower them down. He said, you're going to take that which you take off. He said, fill in the valleys. He said, and that will make the ground even that much more level. He said, but not only do you want to make it level. He said, you need to take all the crooks and the bends that are going around the mountains. He said, you need to straighten the road out. He said, you need to get ready for the king's coming. Let me ask you something today, and this is a personal question. Do you believe in a coming of our king, Jesus? Do you believe that's going to happen? So I'll ask you this. When's it going to happen? 
Oh, all kinds of people have all kinds of ideas. they got the mathematical formulas and they've calculated this up, when it's going to happen, how it's going to happen. You know, I heard it put one time, he says, you know, uh, I'm not the manager, I'm just a salesman. You know, sometimes I, I think the scriptures do want us to understand some things, but at the end of the day, we have to understand is that there's... We're not going to understand. For the scriptures very plainly said, he said, not even the angels in heaven know when this is going to happen. He said, this is an event nobody else knows. What's important is you must be prepared. And the key is you got to be prepared before it happens. you got to have the cash in your pocket before you go through the cash register at the store because when you do, you've got to be able to pay that debt. You have to be prepared before Jesus returns. So today I ask you this, how many times have you looked at a mountain and said, that's just too much for me, I can't do that? Or how many times have we looked at a valley and said, that's just too much for me, I can't straighten roads, I can't do that. But we can cry out against sin and, and warn people, Jesus is coming. When's he going to come? We don't know that, but we know that there's work to do. And that's what he's telling them here in the book of Isaiah. He says, I want you to know that something is going to happen. Notice what he says in verse 5 of Isaiah chapter 40. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. The voice said, Cry. What shall I cry? All flesh is grass. Here's what it needs to tell him. He said, All flesh is as grass, and all the goodliness thereof is as the flower of the field. The grass withereth, the flower fadeth. But the Spirit of the Lord blow upon it. Surely the people is grass. In other words, when the presence of God blows upon something, He said, there's going to life that's going to happen. The grass withereth, the flower fadeth. But the word of our God shall stand forever. O Zion, that bring us good tidings, get thee up unto the high mountain. O Jerusalem, that bringeth good tidings, lift up thy voice with strength. You want to talk about a herald? You want to talk about someone? You know what I learned in a classroom? I'm not trying to bring education into the church house, but you learned about a classroom as a child growing up. If I was uncertain of my answer being right, I would give an answer, but I would say it real softly because I was unsure about what I said. You know, sometimes I wonder, Lord, are we so soft because we're uncertain? Folks, let me ask you this. This is not a hard question. Are you certain and you're sure or are you saved? And are you certain and you're sure Jesus is coming back? If you don't have those two certain things in your life, then I want to remind you that you need to be seeking after the Lord. For I tell you this, we should be certain of those events. We're not speaking these things silently. We're not speaking these things softly. We say these things boldly and strongly that we know these things. He says, lift up thy voice with strength. Lift it up. Be not afraid. Say unto the cities of Judah, behold your God. And there's an explanation mark there. He said, you need to tell the people, here's the one that you need to get ready for. It's not about for all these kings and, and all of their, their hosts that comes along with him. He said, you need to get ready for God. Today, people can get ready for all of these events. Weddings are big events and, and all these things that happen. That's just one example. But all kinds of big events happen and we will put time and money and energy into those things. And, and you know what? I understand that. But I'll tell you this. There's not an event on this world that's more important than the coming of Jesus. 
And how much energy and how much effort do we put in preparing the way? And even that, are we telling people Jesus is coming? Are we a herald for Him? A herald for Christ just means we are crying out and warning people about a certain event that's going to happen. He said, you need to lift up and not be afraid. He said, say in the cities of Judah, behold your God. Behold the Lord God will come with strong hand. And his arms shall rule him. Behold, his reward is with him and his work before him. He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arms and carry them in his bosom. And he shall gently lead those that are with young. Do you see the warning that Isaiah is saying? He said, you know, these people that are separated from me, he said, I'm going to gather them in with me. You know, the scriptures are pretty plain. Plain in the New Testament that Jesus is going to gather his children. That's why Matthew 25 talks about how that there's going to be a division of the nations. How that, that, that God's people are no longer to be separated, but we're going to be gathered in with him. The world needs to understand that there's going to be a great divide that's going to happen one day. And it's going to be, as some may call it, a division of nations, but those that belong to God and those that don't belong to God. There's going to be fathers and there's going to be daughters. There's going to be husbands, there's going to be wives. There's going to be cousins and their aunts. And there's going to be all kinds of people that's going to be on one side or the other. Where you're at has absolutely nothing to do with your occupation nor your relationship and kinship to anybody in this earth. All that matters is, do you belong to Jesus? Have you been saved by the grace of God or are you not saved by the grace of God? You either belong to Him or you don't belong to Him. It's either one way or the other. And here he says that we sure are going to be gathered together. And he shall feed his flock like a shepherd. And he shall gather the lambs with his arm. And carry them in his bosom. And shall gently lead those that are with young. Today I believe that Jesus is coming back. Going back to the book of John chapter 1. It says there was a man sent from God whose name was John. John was not valued and appreciated very much. Boy, that's, that's another little topic you want to hear about. Well, I feel underappreciated. <laughs> well, you know what? John the Baptist came warning about the coming of Jesus, and those people did not appreciate the news that he had. People don't want to hear that, that the, the good news that comes out of the pulpit and from this place, it's not always going to be just soothing news that you're going to hear. I believe that there, there's a lot of good news to say, but I also believe that there's also some not so good news. You know what the not so good news is? If you die lost without God, hell is going to be your home and there is no changing your destination then. But there's good news. Good news from a far country, just like, uh, like cold water to a thirsty soul. Good news from this far country is Jesus still says he's coming again. You still have an opportunity to get right with him. And maybe now is that very time. There was a man, we say, that was sent from God whose name was John. And John did not come to be silent. John came to speak. Folks, the church did not mean to be silent. The church meant to speak and to stand and proclaim. We that are saved people, we don't do that. You know what John did there in that um, seventh verse? The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. John probably was not very well received by the people and we understand that. It's easy for us to probably want to be like Jonah. 
Lord, I'll do this as long as it's not going to inconvenience me in my life. As a matter of fact, Lord, I'll do this as long as my popularity and my likeness of people does not diminish. We, don't, we want to work for you, Lord. We want to lower the mountains and we want to build up the valleys. We want to straighten out the word. We want to, the, the, the curves. We want to work for you. But Lord, don't let my reputation be at fault here. But a herald of Christ does not get to choose what we say. We have to speak about the word of God. Jesus was about to reveal himself in the flesh. And he needed to warn the people, John did, that Jesus was coming. Does that sound familiar today? Jesus is about to come. You need to get ready for his coming. He was coming to prepare the way. John said in that eighth verse, he was not the light, but it was sent to bear witness of that light. I don't know, I believe Malachi prophesied some 400 years before it happened, that it was going to happen. Jesus was going to come. He was going to be born of a virgin. He was going to come, be born in this world. He was going to save people from their sins. In other words, let's put this a little bit different. People were given ample opportunity to get ready for the coming of Jesus. But you know what happened? Even when he came, people still did not believe. I believe one day Jesus is going to come again. I'm going to say that. I believe he's coming again. And I believe with ample opportunity and warning that's still being given, there are some people that's going to say, there's no way that can be true. There's no way that we, we don't have time. There's too much going on. It, the Lord's not going to return now. The Bible says that it's going to happen when you least expect it. <clears throat> what about you today? Are you that very one that's going to say, well, there's a lot of time. There's a lot of uh, opportunities that's going to happen. But it's not. For he said, he was not coming to bear witness of himself. But he says that all men through him might believe he was not the light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light. Now I want you to say there's a true light and there's a false light. Which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. John the Baptist had spent his time in the wilderness. He'd come out eating locusts and wild honey. And I don't know how many of you have had a, a, a diet that consists of locusts and wild honey. But that doesn't sound like a rich man. Matter of fact, when John the Baptist came, he wasn't wearing some kind of a, uh, an outfit that resembled royalty. Matter of fact, the Bible says he would just simply had a skin about him is all he had. Because what he ate and what he wore was not near as important as his message. 2021, may we understand. I believe in, 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 in a lot of things, but I believe that there's nothing more important to us then to realize that others need to realize that, that, that our diet and what we have in this world is not important. What's important is knowing that Jesus is coming. Of all the things we have, I've never eaten locusts and wild honey. I've, I've had honey, but I've never had locusts for my diet. What about you? But it rebuked the people. They thought, how could this man, living in, 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 in the filth that he is in the wilderness, come in here? How dare he cry out against us? In other words, let's put this a little more modern. Who does he think he is? Who do those people think they are? That they could say that we are sinful people. Who do these people think that they are? That they should, we are heralds, that's what we are. We are, we are taking the mountains and we're lowering them down. We are filling up the valleys. We're straightening out the curves so that the path is straight. So that our king can come. And I'll tell you this, he may not be a king to others, but he is my king. 
And I believe that there's coming a day when he'll be king to offer. It says, at the knees of, uh, and at the very presence, it says, every knee shall bow. And at his presence, every tongue shall confess that he is the Lord. Folks, he, our king's coming back. Our king's coming for us. And I believe that he's coming back in a different way. Uh, and and we, we see that exemplified there. I believe it is in the book of Song of Solomon, how that, uh, that the one she loved went away. But when he came back, he come back with the chariots and all of his army with him. Folks, one of these days, my Jesus is coming after us. He's coming back. And he's not going to come in a manger. He's not going to be born in a, in a stable the way that he was. He's coming in the sky. And I believe when he comes back, he's going to find people ready. He's going to find other people not ready. He's going to find us. Which one are you going to be in this morning? Are you ready for that? Has somebody cried out and told you, Jesus is coming. Everybody here this morning, you have been warned. Jesus is coming. We're not making this hard. We're not making this complicated. We're going to make it very simple. Jesus is Coming. Well, notice what happens here. That John the Baptist goes out and he's crying out against the sin. In the book of Matthew, I believe it is, in the third chapter. It says there went out, this is talking about John the Baptist here, Matthew chapter 3 and the fifth verse. Notice what it says here. Then he went out to Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region round about Jordan. Do you notice any kind of fine cathedral that they were in? You know, a lot of people, and I, I say this carefully because I don't want people to think that the church house is not important. But you know what I've learned about God is that God can be with you right out in the middle of the streets as much as he can be in a church building. You can have fine cathedrals. You can have all the greatest riches that, that money can buy. And don't get me wrong. I believe in a, in a, in a, in a, in a place that we worship in that is, that, is, that is adequate to try to relay what's going on the inside of us. But I'll tell you this. If this building were not here and we were meeting under a hot uh, curve of the road down there, you know what I believe? I believe God can be with us down there just like he is right here. I believe God can be with us if we were meeting out here under our pavilion. I believe God can be with us if we were having a, a, a service up on the hillside. Wherever it is that we go, John said that he went to this region round about. He didn't go to this fine, fancy place here. <coughs> and he said he went to that region round about and to all of those that were nearby. Because that's what's important to him. That the people nearest to him in his life might be prepared. But today, what do you believe? That there's mountains in our life that we've got to work and level down? He said, that's what we read in Isaiah there. He said, you need to take these mountains and you need to lower them down. What about you in your life? Do you have mountains in your life that you really feel like uh, need to be straightened out and things need to get a little bit better? Well, that's where faith comes in. For in Matthew chapter 17, mountains always represent some kind of a problem or an obstacle that we may face, a burden that we've had to bury, a darkness in our lives. I think we all can understand that there's times in our life. But you know what? Let me ask you this. Do you believe that things get better? Do you believe that things get better? Oh, yes. For those of us that are saved, it gets better. It gets better. We get closer to home and things get better. Let me read to you Matthew chapter 17. And let me read to you in the 20th verse. Jesus said unto them, Because your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, If ye have faith is a grain of mustard seed, we talk about those mountains that we have that we read in Isaiah. He said, you've got to work. You've got to do that. Folks, we work in faith that God's going to do things. How many times have we told ourselves, well, he won't do no good. 
Well, it won't do no good. Well, it's not going to benefit anything if I say this. It's not going to do any good if I say that. If you have faith, it will do something. He said, if you have faith, as a grain of a mustard seed. Mustard seed, I've told you before, is about the size of, a, of, a, of, a, of the pen, of the ballpoint pen. About the size of the tip of that. But you plant it, it'll grow to about 10 foot tall. You see, faith was not intended to stay the same. It's meant to grow and to grow and to grow. Sometimes I feel like our faith is going absolutely the opposite direction. I feel like it's getting less and less and less. Well, God, 2021 is a pretty tough time. I just don't know if you can do what you used to do. Folks, let me tell you something. God is still God. Our faith is not meant to shrink. Our faith is meant to grow. He said, if you had faith as a grain of a mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain. Now, in other words, he didn't just say a mountain. He said this mountain. Is there anybody here this morning that does not have a mountain in front of you? I don't know what it is. It's all various things. Sometimes it's family. Sometimes it's jobs. Sometimes it's health. Sometimes it's, it's a lot of things. But there's mountains in front of you. How many of you today are looking at that specific mountain? And with faith are you going to say, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall be removed. You talked about there in Isaiah. He said, you've got work to do. We have to exercise. There's something we have to do. Exercise our faith. He says, if you have to faith as a grain of a mustard seed, he said, it shall be removed, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. You know what faith does? Faith Puts things in perspective. Do you remember? I don't know what Sunday it was. If I took a quarter and put it about an inch from your eye, it's going to block the view of a lot of things you see. <coughs> if I take that same quarter and I scoot back about 100 yards, how much is it going to block from your view? Nothing. Absolutely nothing is going to be blocked. You see, our faith, not that the quarter ever changed its side, but he got put in his proper place as far as his depth perception. You see, when our faith puts things in its proper place, we see things much differently than we do in a much different scenario. You know, a lot of people look at death. A lot of people put it of the circumstances we face in life. They look at it as something that's front and center, and that's all they see. But if you'll put those things at a distance, your faith will step in. It's still there. It still exists. It's still a part of your life. But you see things much differently when you have faith in God. <coughs> Do you believe this morning that God's able to give you what it is that you stand in need of? God's able to grant you those things that, that, that He desires to grant unto you, for this is the land that He wants to give. For I'm going to read in just a minute, Joshua chapter 14, and I'm going to close <coughs> here in the book of Joshua. Joshua chapter 14, and I'm going to start about verse 7 for just a minute. God had told that this land belonged to Him, it was a mountain. Forty years old was I when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to Espy out of the land, and I brought him word again as it was in my heart. Nevertheless, my brethren that went up with me made the heart of the people melt, but I wholly followed the Lord my God. And Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land whereon thy feet have trodden shall be thine inheritance. In thy children's forever, because thou hast wholly followed the Lord my God. Let me, let me pause for just a second before I keep reading this. 
do we all have an idea when we're going looking for something? What fits our needs? Anybody here ever been looking for a vehicle? You try to find a vehicle that meets your needs. If you ever go looking for a house, you find a house that fits your needs. You go looking for shoes. You're going to find the shoes, whether it's for church or for walking, whatever. You're going to find shoes to meet your needs. What are you looking for? You know, for some people, they want to pick and choose the mountains that that, that they have in front of them. Let's read. He said, this is the land that's yours. And you want to say, I think I want, let's put it like building a house. Sometimes we want the lot cleared off and leveled and everything ready. We don't want to do the work to get it ready. We just want it automatically ready to happen. You know, a lot of people just want the glories of God without putting the work into it. He says, but this is the land that I have told you. Verse 10 said, And now behold, the Lord thy God hath kept me alive, as he had said, these forty and five years. So now he's 85 years old. And he said, while the children of Israel wandered the wilderness, and now, lo, I am this day fourscore and five years old. But he said, I'm as strong, and yet I am as strong this day as I was in the day that Moses sent me. Physically, no. But his faith in God, I believe he was. My strength was in, even so is my strength now for war, both to go out and to come in. Now therefore, give me this mountain. How foolish would that sound for somebody to walk up and say, Give me this mountain. I know it's got to be torn down. As Isaiah said, we need to flatten the mountains. I know that there's a mountain there. How many of you woke up this morning and say, Lord, give me this mountain. Maybe that should be the title this morning. Lord, give me this mountain. When we wake up this morning saying, I know it's a big mountain. I know that that's a a pretty astronomical thing that we've got to overcome. But Lord, with you and faith in you, this mountain will be overcome. Lord, give me this mountain. That's what he said. And Notice what he said. Now therefore, give me this mountain. Where the Lord has spoken in that day. For thou hast hearkened in the day of Anakim. Was there and the cities were great and fence. If so be the Lord be with me. Then I shall be able to drive them out as the Lord said. Now notice, and, and, and again, you can read all of the, uh, the, on down to about the 15th verse there, the rest of that chapter, how that God gave him that. But the reason that God gave him that is he was willing to go and to tear down the mountain and make it right. Today, I, I know that there's mountains in your life. I know there's valleys. Isaiah said, we've got to prepare the way for the Lord. We've got to be a herald. And in being a herald, we've got to go out and work. And in going out working for the Lord, sometimes we've got to tear those mountains down. Most of us would not be very wise to say, Lord, that big mountain right there, that's what I want. Most of us would say, can I have something that's already ready for me to go ahead and occupy? Why don't you go ahead and just give me something I don't have to work at? Why don't you just give me something that's already ready? You know what we call that in the, in the real estate world now is, give me a turnkey where I can just walk into my house and I don't want to have to do anything. And you know what? The older I get, the more I just want to say, let me have that. But you know what? Sometimes we need to say, Lord, give me that mountain. Lord, I'll work. I'm going to work as hard as I can with faith. We're going to tear that mountain down. We're going to build up this valley. We're going to straighten out that road. And we're going to tell people, Lord, you're coming again. Lord, if you'll give me a hard task, I'll do it. But I'm going to do it with you. For I'll tell you this. If you ever try to attack a mountain without faith, you're going to get wore down. If you ever try to climb a mountain without asking God for strength, you'll never make it to the peak. If today you try to do these things on your own, our life is much different. But you know what God said? If we'll just Speak these things. He's no faith is a grain of a mustard seed. He said, You can speak to a mountain. 
You know what I believe is also in that parable? It's reminding us that our words are powerful. You know today, I'm not saying we've got to go out here and tell the world how wrong and bad they are. But I, and, and you know what? It's okay to cry out against sin. What I am saying is this. The world needs to know that Jesus is coming back again. And sometimes you have to say those words. Are you ready for the Lord to return? Uh, you know today, how many people are out in the world today? And I want to say, I, I understand where you're at. I understand what's going on. But what if the Lord comes back for you? Where are you at? What are you doing? You know today, may we be found faithful to Him. May we be faithful to His cause. For it says there in the book of John chapter 1, it says, There was a man sent by God whose name was John. It wasn't just a person. It was a specific person. God has called us individually to our own works. Why? He wants us to be a herald for His Son, Jesus. Are you crying out against the people? Remember, a herald just means they're notifying of a very important event. It's a guaranteed event. It is going to happen. Folks, it's just a matter of time before He comes on that cloud. And when He does, guess what? Uh, things as we know it are going to be much different than what they are. Today, are you ready for that day if the Lord sees fit to come? Have you cried out against it? You know, sometimes we sing that song, and I, I'm not trying to ramble, I don't want to hush, but you know, it's, we sing that song, it says, you've never mentioned Him to me. How many people are in our life that we never said anything? We never said anything. We were just silent. We were quiet. Well, I just didn't know what to say. I didn't have the right words. You know what? Sometimes all we have to do is just tell about what God has done for us. You know you're saved. You know He's coming back again. You don't, you don't have to overcomplicate this, folks. Just tell people about what He's done for you. God bless you this morning is my prayer. I want us to get a song if we could.